Hey, top news listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Monday, December 5th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Police are investigating who is responsible after vandals drew swastikas on the side of an old food line building in Loudoun County. It's the latest instance of anti-Semitic vandalism here in our area. We talked to Gil Pru, CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Washington, who tells us what we can do as anti-Semitic hate speech is on the rise. We need to tackle this head on and really do something about it to kind of get that genie that's been let out pushed back into the bottle. And what was your first job when you were a teenager? Was it a little bit weird? It turns out Luke has some insider knowledge on what type of Christmas tree is most popular in our region. Plus, we break down which trees are best for holding ornaments and creating the strongest smell. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. At the start of this year, there was a swastika drawn on the side of Union Station in D.C., Three weeks ago in Bethesda, Maryland, that hateful Nazi symbol was found along Bethesda Trolley Trail. And just this weekend, it was drawn again in Loudoun County, Virginia. And all the while, anti-Semitism is again in the national conversation after Kanye West, also known as Ye, praised Adolf Hitler and lost sponsorship deals and his Twitter access because of it. But we wondered, how does this all affect our Jewish neighbors and friends? For insight, we turn to Gil Proust, who is CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Washington. Gil, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I want to talk to you about why this matters, because as we just talked about, there is undoubtedly a rise in anti-Semitic hate speech. But, you know, even though this far right sort of Holocaust denying all these things that are coming up, why is this happening now? So I think there are a couple of factors. So um, there's been growth in anti-Semitic hate speech and incidents really over the past 10 years. It's not just the past year or two. Yeah. Really, ever since 2013, uh, there's been growth. So this has been um, a trend. Now, it has accelerated over the past year or two. So just even over one year, there's been a 37% growth in this country in anti-Semitic incidences Mm. to the highest level um, in since 1979, when the ADL started recording um, kind of anti-Semitic acts. So there's both this longer term trend and obviously, you know, Kanye West, other things that are, you know, kind of public changes right. in Twitter. It's just it seems to be like ballooning all over the place right now with more people just expressing whatever hate they feel that they can. And Gil, with all this happening, as you said, 37% rise, what are you hearing from the members? You know, uh, have Jewish leaders had to address this, you know, head on? What are you hearing? So there's a lot of anxiety in the community. I think there's, um, on the one hand, people are worried, um, will speech turn into action, right? I mean, obviously, speech is one thing, and we um, can condemn it, and it's important to stop it. Um, The bigger worry is uh, turning it into specific behaviors. Mm. What happens to individuals as they're walking down, if they can go and pray in their synagogues and feel safe, they they can send their kids to schools, um, and really just, that's at the core of this concern. On the other side, there's also a lot of anger. I mean, I think there's there's this frustration that um, with growing anti-Semitism, that not enough people are standing up and saying, this is hate. This is, you know, we need to condemn it. We need to tackle this head on 
and really do something about it to kind of get that genie that's been let out, pushed back into the bottle so we can uh, really move on as a, as a community, as a country. So and to that point, I think when challenges to specific groups arise in our society, many people who are not a part of those groups aren't really sure what to say or what to do um, or whether to say anything. We've seen celebrities like Amy Schumer, for example, I saw issued a statement. Uh, corporations through their actions. We mentioned a number of them dropped Kanye West um, after he made his comments. But do you have any suggestions, Gail, about, you know, to our family and friends, we're seeing this. Obviously, it's a topic of conversation nationally. What can we say and do to support uh, the Jewish community in our area? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a great question. I really think it's important to reach out and to, um, on the one hand, let people uh, know that you see this and that you recognize that this is going on and to ask them how they're doing. Yeah, and, and for those of the public platform, it's vital that they stand up and use that voice to condemn these hateful acts. It's only under those circumstances where people recognize that saying these things or writing these things or doing um, anti-Semitic acts is really unacceptable mm. that hopefully we'll be able to uh, reduce the flow of this hate in our society. Is there a part of you, Gil, that feels like a lot of it is just like trying to incite anger? Like maybe it, it, they, they don't even know what it means, but they know it's bad. I mean, I know that sounds really like naive, but I'm wondering if this graffiti, if it's like kids or whoever it is, just trying to like rile people up, but in doing so have really touched something that is hate speech and makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. I, I definitely think there's some of that. I think there's definitely, I mean, especially if it's, you know, kind of kids trying to get seen or kind of create some credibility with peers. And, and there are a lot of different ways that, you know, people can do that. I mean, we're in a context right now where people may be using hate speech and hateful behaviors to elevate themselves in the you know, perspective of their friends and others. And what we need to do is really condemn that. But is this culture, this context within which these teens and others are living that is encouraging them to act this way. And so by condemning it, by bringing in more voices, noting that this is completely unacceptable, only that way will we be able to reduce the flow of hate and anti-Semitism in our country. Mm -hmm. And so with these acts of vandalism and hate, hatred, you know, popping up throughout our community here in the D.C. area, you know, our kids might start asking questions. How do you talk to young people, you know, about anti-Semitism, how to fight it and how to address it? I think and, and we ran into that. Um, you noted in the beginning this one anti-Semitic act at the Bethesda uh, trolley trail, which was right near a school bus pickup. Mm. And so this is definitely an increasing part of the conversation that people are having. So with, you know, if your children are Jewish and obviously letting them know that there are people um, who do hateful things in this world and that we are there to protect them and be with them, um, you know, as a community to make sure that they're safe. And, and for others also educating that um, we need to condemn it anytime we see it. We need to speak up and feel that we have a voice um, that can actually challenge the people who are doing these things. And when we hear it, say something about it and the impact that it would have on us. So it's really about building a supportive community, knowing and letting kids know um, that this, you know, there is hate, but that we will tackle it and we will succeed. It's kind of hard for me to believe sometimes because we're in such a highly educated area, such a diverse area, such a, a, a huge Jewish population. 
in our area that that this would be happening here. And I know that's like the kind of idea of like, oh, this couldn't happen in my neighborhood. But are, are you hearing from some members like just almost like shock that this would happen in in our area? Absolutely. I mean, I think for some people, um, the idea that, you know, the people who hold these views in a community where there's a significant Jewish population, but we see this all over the country, whether there's a, a large Jewish population or no Jews, um, we're seeing rise in anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic behaviors. And so this is um, a, a hate that is independent of any experience, independent of any interactions, and really just something that is rising because people are searching for some scapegoat, some entity that they want to blame for circumstances, whether in their lives or in the world. And it is right now is through anti-Semitic actions that people are saying, I have this entity, I have the Jewish community to blame for a whole variety of issues. And I'm gonna express that hate, whether they know one reason or not, but that is the context in which we're living today. Gail Proust, CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Washington, thank you for joining us and walking us through this concerning trend. Thank you so much. And coming up after the break, you probably noticed this weekend with the holidays upon us, a lot of people had Christmas trees on their cars. Turns out the different types of Christmas trees have their own strengths. Luke is going to break it down for us. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. Okay, so before we go, I learned something new about Luke Garrett today. What's that? Which is you used to work on a Christmas tree farm. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, no. I used to work at a Christmas tree distribution center (laughs) at my elementary school um, (laughs) at Connecticut Avenue. Okay, that changes it a little bit. That changes it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But it was cool. You know, I had gloves. I had to have a chainsaw and, you know... Help people get their trees after church. You were just loading them on top of the cars. Yeah, I had to, you know, tie twine. It was cool. Wait, did people, did you have to, like, help people pick out a tree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yep, yep. I had to, like, survey what we had. You know, uh, I had to develop a good eye for bald spots is what I call them on trees. You know, when it's a little. What would people usually, was it really like they'd ask for different things or did you only really have one kind of tree? Well, it's all about space. That's what I learned when I worked there. I'd always ask the people, okay, where are you putting this tree? And if they're putting it next to a radiator, I'd be like, can't do that. But, you know, the tree has to fit your space. So there's some trees are wide and girthy, you know, um, kind of plump. People like that if they have tons of space to do that. Or some people want a tall kind of thin one if they like putting it between two couches or something like that. So Hmm. I first asked that question. And then we'd go to the respective area of the distribution center, which is just a parking lot. Um, (laughs) Of the distribution center. (laughs) And uh, 
And, you know, we'd look for the best tree. And we sold fir trees, which is probably the most common, you know, balsam fir. It's, like, very fragrant, strong branches, can hold a lot of ornaments. Um, we didn't sell any pine. Those are kind of like the kind of like tinsely kind of ones. Very mm-hmm. pretty, but they can't hold a lot of ornaments. So we would sell the fir trees. And then, you know, I would chainsaw about an inch off the trunk. Um, and I'd tell them, like, go home immediately. Don't speed, but go home <laughs> fast and put it in water, like, right away. And like a little Sprite, I heard. They oh. like a little sweetness. Um, you know, I never heard that, but okay. maybe. Yeah, okay. I just said water, the good H2O. And um, water the, crap the biggest thing was to water it outside for a day, for a whole day, because the trees are used to being outside, right? So you want to hydrate it as much as you can in its natural environment outside, and then you bring it in where it's about like 20 to 30 to 40 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you bring it into the house immediately, it can dry up really fast, yeah. and it won't be able to replenish and rehydrate. So huh. you, you soak it basically outside, and then you introduce it into your environment, and then hopefully you have a nice, long-living Deadish tree. <laughs> Deadish tree. And not everybody gets a tree. We we understand that. There are many different religions and faiths out there. Married in holidays, yes. Are, yes. If you are looking for a good tree, I found this article in Good Housekeeping that has like a very full list of the different types of Christmas trees. Oh, nice. Um, and even if you don't have a Christmas tree like me, I have a stupid, stupid fake Christmas tree you that I a, cannot stand. You have a fake Christmas tree? Yes. It's okay. Uh, let me say it's that again. It's not okay. It's let me not take the okay. judgment out of my... <laughs> Some people you are have a very, fake Christmas tree. That's I know. cool. No, it's not. It <laughs> I isn't. tried. We got it one year for like an, we had an apartment and yeah. we were like on like no. the ninth floor. So it's like, fair. okay, like there's not a lot of space. We'll get something small. Totally. And now it's become, oh, well. It's here. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of think it should be like a, I don't know. You should an cleanse. An extra. Yeah. yeah. An extra like you put on the deck or you put on something. But anyway, okay. So I'm going to get to this article. Okay. So apparently if you take a carrier tree, it's going to last five weeks. Which isn't that long. You said they, they you sold furs, but there's like four types of furs at least. Yes. Balsam, Douglas, Fraser, Canaan apparently is the up and comer. Whoa, the new guy on this the street. Is hot. You heard it here first. <laughs> Similar to balsam, needle retention of the Fraser fur. Wow. It's a good pick. A little hybrid guy. But I guess the um, the balsam is like the most fragrant and the most popular. Yeah. Um, the, okay, just in case you guys are still looking, the fullest tree is the Douglas fur. With soft touch needles and a sweet scent, with a mm. good shape. However, it drops its needles if it doesn't get enough water. Right. The best for decoration, the Fraser fir, most often used at the White House, apparently. Oh wow, interesting. Which makes sense because they really overload those things. Yeah, they they load those guys up with <laughs> yeah. lights and uh, heavy ornaments. And then the coolest color, which I'll agree with, is the Colorado blue spruce. It has that like wintry blue kind of silvery color. How topical. But yes, it is. But. Um, if it's apparently it's good if you have pets who like to like get in the tree because it has sharper needles. Oh, so <laughs> like prods them away. Well, it's sort of they stay away from it because yeah, it you know sure. they get like spiked a little bit the yeah. first time and they don't go back. Um, yeah, that's like the the rundown of Christmas trees. Wow. Yeah, and I will say as we close out here, the biggest thing is timing. If you wait too long to get your tree, you'll get a Charlie Brown tree. You get a Charlie Brown tree, or there won't be any trees early. Is usually better. This weekend, I, I saw many, many, many yes. cars with, with Christmas trees on top. Okay, and I saw a lot of that, too. And I saw people just leaving their Christmas trees parked in front of their houses. And I was like, water that thing. That thing's dying. <laughs> you were, you've bought a dying tree. You need to help it. It's like you're like one of those people that... Like, no, like, I almost what? knocked on these people's doors. Yeah, but you I, know too much. So yeah. now you want to intervene for the safety and the health of the tree. Well, good luck in your tree searching, everyone out there. And yeah. uh, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. 
were brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. And our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And check us out on social media where we're posting every day. Become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at wtop.com. And, of course, on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow.